Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's the snap. Looking to his left. Fires. Open and into the end zone for the touchdown is Deontay Johnson. It's a 10-yard touchdown reception. And the Steelers are finally on the board. Dane Jackson gave him the inside and he took it. All right, good morning and welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday live here from Batavia Downs Raceway and Casino. Nate Geary here live right off of the gaming floor. And we've got the Legends and Stars uh, show and... uh, a lot of good stuff happening today. We've got uh, Don Beebe, former Buffalo Bill, and Keith McKellar headed up on stage here at uh, at 11.30. So they're set to start signing right now. The people are lining up out the door. And I am going to the West Her Hotline now because my man Doran Dickerson, the former Pitt All-American tight end, he's the co-host of the Fan Morning Show uh, Monday through Friday in the mornings in Pittsburgh. Uh, Doran, good morning to you, my friend. Thanks, as always, for, uh, for joining me. Uh, it's been a while. It's good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah, how you doing, Nate? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, after our uh, wild card matchup a couple of weeks ago, uh, it feels like months ago because, you know, once the Super Bowl is over, it's like you, you get right into off-season mode and you forget the season ever happened. But um, I wanted to have you on, Doran, because I, I think, you know, outside of a couple of other teams in the AFC, maybe the Chargers, like I'm really interested in what their off-season looks like. I am absolutely stoked to see what the Steelers decide to do at the quarterback position. These reports that there's some you know, internal struggle, some arguments about whether it's Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett. Doran, let's start at quarterback because, to me, there's no way that's plan A is picking between one of those two, right? Or, or do you think that that really is kind of plan A and maybe they add a veteran that's not going to be Mitch Trubisky because he's already been released and he's going to move on somewhere else maybe? Um, what's the plan, and is reports about there being some you know conflict about you know which of those two they're going to go with is that really kind of the plan a for this team right now man you know what just growing up in pittsburgh and and being around this team basically my whole life and just knowing how the roonies uh the owners of of the steelers operate this is the plan it is the plan kenny pickett is going to be the guy to start the season next year they want to give Kenny Pickett every opportunity uh, to, to, to show out, to show that he is capable of uh, being that first-round pick that they used in, in 2022 to draft him. So um, Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy. He's going to be, you know, have so many opportunities. Mason Rudolph is going to um, uh, possibly come back and be a part of this uh, unit. But, you know, people here in Pittsburgh, they're excited. They want to see 
the Steelers make a move. I get it. They want to see Justin Fields uh, be a part of this be a part of this organization. They want to see possibly Russell Wilson be a part of this organization. But um, that's all fun and games. But whatever yeah. really comes down to it, the Steelers are going to have Kenny Pickett as their starter. Um, they're going to try to work out a deal with Mason Rudolph. They are possibly going to bring in Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. That's the scenario that we're looking at here in Pittsburgh. Is Ryan Tannehill possibly Kenny Pickett being the starter, or possibly Mason Rudolph, and maybe maybe a late to mid round draft pick at quarterback. But the whole deal with the, you know Justin Fields and, and and you know Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield, all the free agent quarterbacks out there, um, I think that that's not a, a, a real life scenario for the Steelers. Let me ask you this about Mason Rudolph, because this is a guy that started the year as the third stringer. Um, he came in a couple of years ago in the Duck Hodges era, right? after It's been a revolving door at the quarterback position ever since Ben, ben Roethlisberger's retired, Dorn. But if you're Mason Rudolph, and I, I think you know the way you're speaking sounds like that's sort of the consensus from that I've heard as well. Like If you're Mason Rudolph, are, are you signing up for that again? Like the opportunity, basically, you feel like you did enough to have a at least to have an opportunity for it to be a competition during training camp. And if they're gonna, you know, maybe push their hand in towards their former first round pick, which hey, I mean that is life in the NFL. It may not be fair; it's business. But when you're a first round pick, you get more chances than guys that were drafted late or, or undrafted free agents. But like. If you're Mason Rudolph, you think is signing up to be here again in Pittsburgh this year the right move for him, or knowing that there are teams that might need a quarterback and, and might like what Mason Rudolph brings and maybe a better opportunity to compete for a starting position? If I was Mason Rudolph, I would have right after the Buffalo uh, playoff loss, I would have you know went back to Pittsburgh, I'd have went right to the locker room that night, I'd have packed my locker up, and I'd have been like, "See ya." I'd have been like, <laughs> "Oh, you know what? I did everything I needed to do. I finally got an opportunity." Uh, I was the third option of getting that opportunity this year. Um, you went with Mitch Trubisky before me. You obviously had a first-round quarterback, but that didn't pan out. Then you give me my opportunity. I showed that I could play at, the, at a high level. Um, I was promised to have these opportunities before, uh, years ago, to have a, a you know a real-life competition. Was never really given that. If I was Mason Rudolph, I would have packed my bags right after that game and have been like, okay, it, thanks for the opportunity, Pittsburgh. But I'm, I'm heading into a different direction. And I, I feel like Mason Rudolph has gotten the short end of the stick here a lot of times in Pittsburgh. And like I just said, you know, he went out there, he played at a good level. Um, he showed that he could be a backup in this league. I would I would look at, uh, you know, new pastures if I was Mason Rudolph, just based off of the previous, uh, you know, situations that I've been in, being promised a legit competition. Sure. Like, if they promised him a legit competition this time, why would I think that it's going to be the same thing as it was before? So if I'm Mason, I would move on. I would try out. Uh, I, I would test the waters and test free agency, test a different team and a different scenario if I were him. I mean, you know quarterback play in the NFL, Dorn. It's, you know, it, it, I would say it's probably never been better. Um, but, I, you know, when if you don't have one of the top four or five guys, Dorn, you don't you're looking, right? If you're not looking, you're peeking, right? It's in the peripherals. And, you know, for Pittsburgh right now, how important do you think it is for this team to find a way to 
use the rest of the prime that you have of T.J. Watt because he, to me, first of all, Defensive Player of the Year, I thought he was robbed. The statistics, just like I thought Josh Allen had significantly better stats than Lamar Jackson and at least had earned more than one first-place vote, um, I-, I thought T.J. Watt really deserved the nod as Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, just an unbelievable season again. Like, I know Watt's not going to be the kind of guy that, that you know, pisses and moans and um, talks about, you know, needing to win during this time of his career, but, man, it would feel really tough if you're obviously a Steelers fan and I wasn't able to take advantage of having the best defensive player um, in the league for the last couple of years and, and really be a, a, a true contender for a Super Bowl. Uh, it really is and it's kind of a shame because it just hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out for Cam Hayward as well. I mean Cam Hayward uh, you know, drafted in 2011 was uh, the year after the Steelers actually went to the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers and lost to that. So Cam Hayward's another guy that like you kind of look around you're like man he's played at a high level for so many years, he is getting up there in age, and it's like, do we see the light at the end of the tunnel for Cam or TJ um, of making it to a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl? That's that's it's very gray here in Pittsburgh right now. Like you can't really see a scenario where that would pan out. So you do want to get the most out of a guy like TJ Watt, but at the same time, like you, you got to get the most out of everybody. You got to get the most out of George Pickens. You don't want to waste that time. You got to yeah. get the most out of Najee Harris. Out of at Fryermuth, out of their quarterback position. The Steelers, uh, they really need to find what their standard is. Um, you know, they talk about that a lot. And if you are in Pittsburgh and you're around uh, Akershore Stadium, you'll see the standard is the standard, things of that nature. And that's their big saying. But what is the standard, you know, I would ask uh, of the Steelers organization anymore? Because it used to be winning Super Bowls, and you, know, you haven't really even scratched the surface of, getting to an AFC championship game in many, many years. So I would like to know what the standard is. And, you know, getting everybody to buy into that is another thing. So they have so many, not issues, but they have so many scenarios that need to play out for everybody to play at a high level uh, this coming year. And T.J. Watt is one of them. He's one of the best players in the league. And, um, you know, they they know that. So they know that they have to surround themselves with uh, better talent and better coaching and, you know, a better mindset to move forward because C.J. Watt is, uh, you know, he's not getting any younger, and you do want to try to win one for him, for him and the guys like Cam Hayward as well. Doran Dickerson here on the Wester Hotline. He's the co-host of the Fan Morning Show in Pittsburgh. And, Doran, I, I wanted to, before we move on to, you know, Arthur Smith, which I think was a very interesting hire um, for taking over for Matt Canada, who, man, I, you know, talk about, maybe someone the the Steelers hung on to for a little too long. But I wanted to ask you about Kenny Pickett specifically because Kenny Pickett had, and frankly the Steelers had, one hell of a preseason. It really looked like they were poised, he was poised, to sort of take the next step this year, and it really all fell apart once that happened. I mean, they didn't have over 300 yards of total offense until like week 13 or something. It was insane, Doran. What happened? And listen, I, I know we have this thing in Buffalo called the preseason pledge. We're not allowed to get excited about players we see in the preseason because we've just seen it too many times here in Buffalo, especially at the quarterback position. Um, but what was the major difference between the Kenny Pickett, because it wasn't just, you know, fluky plays. It was precision. It was accuracy. It was confidence, frankly, that you saw from Kenny Pickett. And it just did not carry over at all into the regular season. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Nate. It's, just, it's confidence. And I think that first game against uh, San Francisco, you know, seeing different things. And sometimes it, it, it is so hard for players to slow the game down. That's what I tell people all the time. 
the players that you see that are successful in the NFL and the players that make it you know, to you know, a decent point in the NFL in many, many years are the ones that are able to slow the game down quickest. And I'm just talking about just other players, not the quarterback position. The quarterback position is ten times harder to slow the game down. And I think most of the time that, you know, whenever Kenny Pickett is out there outside of preseason, he has a, a, a tough time of slowing the game down. And things are happening too fast, and then he gets rattled, and then he makes an air throw, or he misses his throw, and then he's overthinking. So the get, he needs to be able to have the confidence, one, and to slow the game down. And I, I remember, and you just nailed it too, with the preseason thing, I remember whenever I was in Buffalo and with Chan Gailey's offense, you know, I was I was a part of the first unit a lot when I first got there in Buffalo in training camp. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is going to be – uh, you know, an exciting year for me. I'm going to be a part of this offense. I'm going to get targeted a lot. Fitzpatrick and I on the same page. And then the, the regular season rolls around, and it's a whole totally different offense. And I'm like, where's all the stuff we did in preseason? And sometimes you will have that with, with offensive coordinators. So like Matt Canada probably ran, you know, a different batch of plays that were, you know, yeah. kind of, we're going to hang our hat on in preseason. And then when you get to the regular season, it's like, okay, we got to tighten up. This is what I actually like. We're going to throw everything else out the window. You kind of get – uh, you know, tense and, and call a different batch of plays. But, you know, all that together, Kenny Pickett just needs to go and just play his game. And if he does that, I think he'll be fine. I think the little technical stuff can be uh, can be fixed with Kenny Pickett. But it's really, really just the confidence in going in there and slowing the game down and knowing that you can play quarterback at a high level, which I do still believe that he can do that. Doran, I wanted to ask you about, obviously, the the – hiring of Arthur Smith as the new team's offensive coordinator. And, you know, when you were talking about Ryan Tannehill as being a potential target, it kind of clicked for me. Oh, that's right. You know, Arthur Smith's time in Tennessee was Ryan Tannehill's offensive coordinator. And frankly, probably the best we saw of Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee was under Arthur Smith. Talk a little bit about maybe what fans and maybe people, uh, fans of other teams in the AFC might be able to expect of what an Arthur Smith offense with the skill set that he has, this is not the Tennessee team. Now, he did have A.J. Brown um, in Tennessee and, you know, had some pieces um, as well. But this is a very different offense in Pittsburgh just in terms of who they've got. I mean, you, you talked about George Pickens, who I flashed. Listen, you know, I, wide receivers get this, you know, we, everyone here in the Buffalo knows with Stephon Diggs. They get this sort of uh, narrative about them, about they're me guys, or they're more me than they are team guys. And, you know, George Pickens gets that narrative a little bit, but – I mean, sometimes it's like you see the guy make plays, you're like, well, he kind of is allowed to do that when he's making plays like he did uh, down the stretch when Mason Rudolph took over. And obviously Deontay Johnson, another great piece and, um, you know, a great running game and, a, and I think an improving offensive line. Like, what what are you expecting to see change-wise in this offense under Arthur Smith that, that maybe you didn't see while Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator? Well, I did have the, the luxury. He was uh, the, my assistant tight ends coach whenever I was with the Titans, and then Mike Malarkey was the tight ends coach. So I, I've known Arthur for a long time and just know his mentality um, and what he's going to want to do. And he definitely loves tight ends, so Pat Fryerman should be excited about this move. But what he's going to do is is he's going to evolve his offense. Like, he's going to make it make sense. Like, he's not a guy that's, like, really set in his ways. And then people, people may think that, and, you know, he's not – set in his ways but he also now is coming from a place where he has even more experience and not just experience calling plays but he has that head coach mentality now whether it worked out and and obviously it didn't in Atlanta you still get that experience of being a head coach and just seeing the game from a different viewpoint now he's back to his regular roots and you know I mean I I see a person that is going to evolve the offense and make it make sense 
people can say, oh, well, he's going to want to run the football so much because he had Derrick Henry in 2019 and Derrick Henry rushed for uh, 2,000 yards. But Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to be a run-heavy offense. No, I don't think so. Like, he's going to use his personnel that he thinks is best and exploit matchups with, with what his best personnel is. And he has the opportunity to do that and see it from a different lens now because of what he has experienced throughout the couple of years. But, you know, the play action is going to be huge. He is going to want to run the football. He's going to want to do that. And rightfully so. You have two of the better backs and two of the best uh, tandems of backs in the league. So you're going to want to, want to run the football. But that essentially obviously opens up George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, some of the other guys that will be folded into the mix. And it will take the onus off of Kenny Pickett's shoulders as much as possible until Kenny is to a point where it's like, okay, like I could take over the game whenever I need to. So I think people should be excited. We're getting another set of eyes uh, that helps Mike Tomlin of, of a head coaching perspective. You're getting an a, a, a offensive coordinator and a, and a coach that is very hungry and wants to, uh, you know, just prove that he can do this in this league. So uh, I, I love the hire, and not just because it's personal, but I, I do love it. I think it fits what the Steelers want to do and um, – what they uh, can accomplish is really going to be predicated on what Arthur Smith is going to be able to evolve his offensive, offensive uh, mentality into, and I think that the players will benefit from that this year. You know, I, I love the little insider information too, though that you know you you got an opportunity to play for Arthur Smith at, as at, in his system, and and you know talking about Pat Fryermuth, who you know in and out of the lineup last year with injuries, and I, I still you know for for my money, I, I think Fryermuth has the ability to be one of the top you know five seven tight ends in football um, when he's healthy, and you know, listen, I mean you know we're gonna have some fantasy drafts coming up here. You got any uh, what, what are your thoughts on Fryermuth this year if? they can get the quarterback play back to where we saw in the preseason and towards the end of the year. Like, uh, Fryermuth, is, is he maybe primed to, uh, to break out this year in this offense under Art, Art Smith? Listen, Nate, if I, if I could bet money on it, I would say that this is going to be, this is going to be Pat Fryermuth's biggest year of, uh, as, a, as an NFL player. 100, 100, 100%. Knowing how Arthur Smith loves his tight ends, knowing how, much of a matchup nightmare uh, Pat Fryermuth is. I, I, I believe that he's going to have his biggest year, and it's a contract year. Oh, man. Hey, if you're if you're in a fantasy draft, I, I'm taking Fryermuth as one of my top tight ends this year. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I, I'm, I can feel it right now. He's going to have a huge year. Last thing for you, Doran, as you guys head into the draft this year, what, what do you think? What's What's the number one thing you guys are kind of looking for when you get into uh, into April and, and how you address this roster? Is it, you know, continue to build on the defensive side of the ball? I think you guys have taken steps on the offensive line. Is maybe that an area you guys look at? Maybe if Brock Bowers is there, a tight end could make sense, another weapon uh, to add with uh, Friar Muth you're talking. And, and you know, we, we know that uh, Arthur Smith likes to run some 12 personnel as well. Uh, what's the move here? What's the, uh, the go-to here for Pittsburgh when the April draft comes running around? Well, yesterday they just released their uh, starting center, Mason Cole. So I, I, it's hard for me not to ignore uh, center in the first two rounds, whether it's a first-round pick or a second-round pick. I think a center will be picked in one of those two rounds. And then I, I, they can go so many ways. I mean, they can go, they can go offensive tackle. Uh, they can go right tackle or left tackle. Whatever um, you know, Broderick Jones they end up doing with him, he can play both sides. So. I could see them going tackle, maybe a Marius Mims out of Georgia, one of one of uh, Broderick Jones' teammates. I could see that. I can see, like I said, center. I could honestly see quarterback. I, I mean, that's just me. But I know, like I said in the beginning of the, of the, of the segment here, I know what the Steelers are going to do. They want to they give everything in the keys to Kenny Pickett. 
But if a right quarterback does fall at you know twenty and whatever the Steelers pick, I could see them picking somebody. I, I really could. I, I I really think that that could be a possibility uh, at the end of the day. But um, they could go so many directions. They need defensive line help. They need uh, you no know, cornerback help as well. So if I were to sit here right now and, and think about the draft and think about where the Steelers select, um, I would say I would say offensive tackle will be their first round pick and their second round pick will be a center. And uh, and that would absolutely help this uh, this offense so so much tremendously. And um, yeah, that's where I think that they would go. I think that they're going to bolster this offensive line and make it make sure that Kenny Pickett is uh, protected as much as possible. Doran, appreciate you, buddy. As always, uh, tell the folks. So, what, what do you got going on other than you know morning show stuff? Uh, what kind of content can uh, can people look if they're trying to keep up uh, and keep tabs on the Steelers? Uh, well, you can follow me at Score and Doran on uh, Twitter on on X. <laughs> it's not Twitter anymore, so it's X and. Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, Instagram, uh, so same name there. But other than that, Monday through Friday on uh, Odyssey, 93.7 The Fan, morning show from uh, 5.40 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I'll give all the Steeler takes there, and, and we'll break this down as uh, the combine gets closer and then pro days and then the draft gets here. So I uh, appreciate you having me on again, Nate. Thanks, man. My pleasure, buddy, uh, and have a great rest of your weekend and enjoy the draft coming up in the combine. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Doran Dickerson there on the Western Hollow. I'm going to take a time out. I'm live from Batavia Downs here at the Legends of Stars show. We've got Don Beebe and Keith McKellar on stage now. And the 12 o'clock hour, Dave Anderchuk and Wendell Clark head up to the stage at noon. Then Daryl Sittler and Lawrence Taylor at 1230 and 1 o'clock respectively. So time out. Other side, we'll uh, preview hour two at noon. We'll have Matt Verderam of Sports Illustrated. We'll have Ryan Hasenauer here of Batavia Downs as well. Join us at 1230. Talk a little bit about what's going on here at Batavia Downs. I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.